Welcome to Long Story Long. I'm your host, Lisa Curry. Today's guest is the hilarious comedian Katrina Davis. Uh, Katrina was recently named a comic to watch by Time Out LA, and she just recorded her first hour special produced by Comedy Dynamics, and she recorded it at the Tribeca Film Festival, which is so dope. She's great. She's hilarious. You're going to love this. Here you go. Hey, Katrina. How are you? Hello. I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. It's so good to see you. Um... (laughs) How's things? I know you moved to do a new place. Yeah, uh, I just moved, so I'm like freshly getting settled. I'm neurotic, so I'm still just like looking around at all the stuff that isn't done yet. Um, oh yeah, but it's absolutely. in a really good place. Like I'm happy. It's awesome. Good. Yeah. It's so exciting to move to a new place and like settle in and. I was moving and I was like, I'm about to nest so fucking hard. Like, I'm (laughs) so excited to not have anywhere to go for like a month or so and just be like, I'm not doing anything that isn't in this apartment and has to do with the stud finder. Like, that's all I want to do. I love it. Wait, in a month, are you going out on the road or? No, um, I have like one thing coming up that I'm, I don't think I'm supposed to say yet, but it'll just That's be like. That's the best stuff. That's fun, really exciting. It's just Good. like a fun comedy thing. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see what it is. <laughs> um, so, uh, Katrina, where did you, where are you from? Where did you grow up? Um, well, I grew up in, I was born in Baltimore, which I just came back from. I went to go visit with my mom and my dad and I hadn't seen a lot of my family uh, in probably like 15 years because <laughs> oh, I did. Yeah, really? we used to go all the time in the summer. Um, uh-huh. I was born in Baltimore, but I grew up in Florida. So we would go oh, okay. back and forth every summer and visit until I got like too big to sleep in the back seat anymore. Yeah. And my mom was like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. And then we would fly sometimes, but didn't get to do that as much. And so mm-hmm. I hadn't seen some of my cousins and stuff since I was, what, in junior high, maybe high school, beginning oh, wow. of high school. So, yeah, it was really nice. Um, but, yeah, yeah I grew so up nice. in Florida, in Jacksonville, and that's where I started stand-up. Like, did you know you wanted to be a comic when you were a kid? Uh, I've always loved stand-up. I've always, like, watched stand-up with my mom. With I had, like, one friend that we <laughs> would watch all of Comedy Central together and watched like had Big Daddy memorized and <laughs> I loved it. Um, me and a friend at dance. I danced growing up. Ooh, so yeah. I, in between dance classes, me and another girl, uh, Caitlin Castillo, what's up? She just had a baby. Uh, like <laughs> not like just, but yeah, she has a baby now, mm-hmm. but like we used to spoof coffee talk. Oh my God. So we it. would do Mike Myers and dance with coffee talk. <laughs> But in like leotards for like ten girls and just improv <laughs> things in bad New York accents for like as long until we had another dance class. So I've always so great. done stuff like that. And but I always thought kind of once I got older and still love stand up and still was just constantly just obsessed with like I have whole friend gr- friendships that are based off us just quoting Ace Ventura for a year and a half of junior high and like was always still obsessed with stand-up and had like every Comedy Central Presents memorized and Mm -hmm. so I always felt like I would try it but I kind of was also raised in like the starving artist mentality of like you can have your fun little creative things but like you have to be able to support yourself so I always kind of was like I'll try it but I never considered actually being able to do it like 
on a regular basis. Even. Are your parents creative people? Um, they say that they like don't know where I get stuff from, but I think that they were just too busy being like black kids in Baltimore in the mm-hmm. 70s and 80s in survival mode because I'd be like I don't know where you get that from and then I'll be like I always look at the moon and think certain things and my dad will be like me too and I'm like yeah. why don't you say that stuff out loud so I think that they yeah. both kind of have things that they don't realize are but yeah I'm definitely weirder than both of them also I'm just like a <laughs> spaz like even the reason I got put in a dance was just because I was trying to backflip off of stuff and my mom was like you're gonna kill yourself like <laughs> yeah you need to get this energy out. I have, yeah, you're going to lose your mind on something, yeah, so. That's great. Wait, so the first time you did stand-up, you said in Jacksonville? Yeah. What what was, like, the catalyst to get you to do that? Uh, I don't know. Like I said, it was kind of just always festering in the mm-hmm. back of my head, and I, even in college, didn't know that people were just, like, doing stand-up. Uh-huh. I didn't know that people were doing stand-up where I was. I did not understand the concept of an open mic, really. I had never even considered myself doing stand-up enough to really, like, look into it. And then I started, um, after I graduated, I went, found a job back. I went to UF, (laughs) go Gators. And then I came (laughs) back home to Jacksonville and got a job and started just, like, going to Art Walk by myself. Like, I just started looking up stuff that looked like I wanted to do it on the internet and being like, I don't know where people I like in Jacksonville are anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't. A lot of my friends had, you know, done different stuff after college or a lot of my friends that I was was the closest to um, from college weren't from Jacksonville. So they either went back down south to Florida, down um, somewhere else in Florida or other cities when they got like cool med school jobs and stuff. So I was really like kind of starting from scratch. So I just started going to art stuff, going to hip hop shows and like made a bunch of friends. And then my friends would be musicians or artists Uh or making all these things. And I was at this bar, Rain Dogs, all the time. That was down the street from my house. And they had uh, open mics for other things. And I was talking to the um, lady who owns it, Christina Wagner. I love her so much. Wags, she's pregnant right now. (laughs) But she was, I was sitting at the bar with her one night and being like, yeah, like I want to try the comedy open mic that they have here. But I just keep like freaking out about it. And she was like, dude, Uh like, because she sings. And Mm -hmm. she was like, dude, I did that forever. I freaked out. And she was like, I waited like 10 years to finally do, you know, what I knew I wanted to do. It was the best feeling in the world. She was like, just go do it. She was like, that's why I made this place. It was like, there's nobody back there, dude. It doesn't fucking matter. Like, just go. (laughs) It's like, it's Florida. It's not like there's talent scouts. I mean, there's not that there's no talent scouts anywhere in Florida, but it's like, no, it really is like, just us. Fine. It's made for mm-hmm. you to like come here and try it just as anyone. Yeah. yeah. So I had a bunch of jokes written already and I would come every night. It was me and like the same 12 to 16 mm-hmm. guys and like one um, lady who's like my comedy mom, Christina Shriver and Jessica Mears if she didn't have to work. And it was like <laughs> us. And so I would go and listen to like two and a half hours of a mic and not sign up. Like I would push no. through. Oh, I would push through. Damn, that's hell. I would park. No, I didn't. I was just working up the nerve. Like I would park, mm-hmm. walk up. It was like nine o'clock. I would walk up, push through the double doors and in my head be like, not tonight. And just walk to the <laughs> side and sit 
and then listen to everyone and leave. I did not speak to anyone. I did not introduce myself. I would just like listen to everyone and leave. And then finally, after like a month of that, this uh, guy, uh, James Chapin, came up to me and was like, um, so are you a comic? Like, I think they were trying to figure out if I was just like obsessed with someone there or something. They were just like, why are you here? They're like, are you and someone's parole officer? Yes. Like, like you were, this is crazy. Are you here to subpoena someone? What's happening? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I finally, I was like, oh no, I have jokes. Like I'll get up one day. And he was like, okay, cool. Yeah. And then probably a couple weeks after that, I got up. And it was great. And then that whole night, and I kind of was like, okay, good, I did it. I still was kind of like on some bucket list uh-huh. shit where I was like, I mm-hmm. told my jokes and now I'm done. And that whole night, I was up every five minutes writing a new joke. And I was oh, like, I love that. And I was like, damn it, now I have to go back. Because it was so <laughs> nerve wracking. Like it was scary. Yeah. And I was glad that I had done it. So yeah. that, that was another thing is a lot of people would be like, oh, you should do stand up. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to one day. And it was kind of my way of being like okay now when people ask me I can be like yeah I tried it and they can leave me the fuck alone yeah that's so funny so your like immediate initial thought was like well that's done yes moving on to the next thing exactly what did you gone what what did I don't speak English anymore what did you uh study in college advertising which was me just like going down a list of majors and hating everything and being like (laughs) I like tv I'll do that Cause, oh, yeah. and I also, I wanted to be an architecture major, um, mm-hmm. but D1, which is design one, is a oh, weed out class, it's like meant to strike fear into your heart, and it worked, so I changed majors. Oh, shit, really? <laughs> but that's really the other intense. thing I would have done was architecture, because I love buildings. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you. I, like, and it's like, it's the same, you know, kind of sphere of thing, where it's still, like, creative stuff. It's oh. also like, I think, you know, when you're going through high school and college, and you're trying to figure out a major... If you have the drive to be creative, it's not like people don't take it seriously. Yes. It's like, yeah, well, why don't you kind of squash that feeling and push it in this direction? And that's kind of what I think happened to me because, and I was just, because I was with my parents, I was talking Mm -hmm. to them about this. My mom was like, first off, you were always trying to make something a business. (laughs) <laughs> Which I didn't remember, but that's kind of what it was, was I wanted to be creative, but I was constantly told that you can't make money that way. So, like, yeah. I made a bunch of Lisa Frank jewelry. Oh, my gosh. But I, I crunched the numbers and realized that I couldn't actually sell enough pieces and make a profit and make make enough money to buy more Lisa Frank jewelry kit packets. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so I'll rent it. So I started renting out Lisa oh Frank gosh. jewelry for like a quarter a day. Like my dad wore like a rainbow pin with a golden this retriever is on it. the cutest thing I've heard of. I started a tattoo parlor um, at the YMCA <laughs> after what? daycare. Yeah, like I uh-huh. would draw, we had a price list. Like I would draw like yin yang, smiley face, different sizes, like mm-hmm. 25, 50 cents, 75 cents. This other girl brought a money box from home. Don't know where we got what? that. And this we, is amazing. It was me and two other girls. And then we started a girl, someone complained that it washed uh-huh. off because we were using like different color pens and stuff. <laughs> so we switched to Sharpies and then someone's mom told on us and we got shut down. Oh, so I love that you're just drawing on kids with Sharpies. Like, here you go. <laughs> yes. Good luck getting this off because it's on, you know, for probably a month. I was going to say, <laughs> there was definitely a kid that had just like a badly drawn yin yang on their bicep for a week. And it was just like, hey, you paid for it. <laughs> like, um, That's hilarious. Also, 
like side note, it's it's good that the Lisa Frank thing didn't go anywhere because a friend of mine is a graphic artist and she made Lisa Frank tarot cards like just for fun and the company came after her and was like, you can't do this. They would have sued the She's like, it's off. just in my portfolio. It's just like a fun, funny thing I did and they were like, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. No. And I'm like, fuck them. I want some Lisa Frank tarot cards. Frank, Frank Inc. would have come to my door and Orange Park and been like, shut it down. <laughs> You're like eight and they kick yes. the door. My mom has on a beaded, like elastic <laughs> wristband. They're like, yeah, bag it. That's evidence. <laughs> and you're like, but I was, this was my living. Yeah. I was renting these. And they're like, what? <laughs> I've always been, yes, it was like, okay, if I can't be creative and make money, then I'm going to find a way to be creative and make money. It yeah. was just like always trying to jump that hurdle however way I could, I guess. I love that so much. I also love the idea of a kid coming up with the concept of renting. <laughs> I I didn't realize. I was like, Mom, I did rent the runway when I was like seven years old with like low-end jewelry. It was all plastic, but I was going to make a profit eventually. <laughs> this is so funny. So wait, what? When, at the time when you start doing stand-up with your advertising degree, yeah. um, what are you doing for work at this point? Working at like ad agencies and stuff, but writing. So yeah. even through, so I was an ad major, realized I loved graphic design, uh-huh. but only had four years worth of money. So I was like, can't uh-huh. change majors. So I'm like <laughs> mildly self-taught, like went to like uh, community college classes that I paid for <laughs> on my own and like can make my own flyers kind of stuff. But like, I do love yeah. just aesthetics in general in terms of being yeah. creative. Like I love decorating all that. But yeah, so I figured out I like that, but then through all of my stuff in advertising was like, I like all the word stuff. If we were on a team, I was coming up with the taglines. I was writing yeah. all of the docs. Like we would yeah. come up with I fun ideas too, but it was like the writing was always the thing that I started watching commercials and being like, I can reverse engineer exactly what emotion they were trying to exactly, achieve yeah. through this. Like this is all, I get all of this. So mm-hmm. I immediately was like, okay, writing is the thing I can do and not hate myself. So as long as I can uh, write somewhere that I can pay my bills, I can do whatever I want. And that's kind Uh of been my whole thing. That's awesome. (laughs) So did you, when you were, after the first time you did stand up, how, how soon was it like that you went back a second time? Oh, like like the net, we had the mic that I went to was every Mm -hmm. Tuesday. And so I would go every Tuesday, but that was like the one. And then there's, there's other ones like in St. Augustine and these other places that are like, Mm -hmm. there are probably at the time, there's probably a lot more or at least a few more, but there were like three or four mics within like 50 minutes of me, Oh, but nice. I still had a day job. So oh, yeah. I would like get off at six or seven, come home, make food, change, go to a mic at nine mm-hmm. and then, you know, come home and sleep and go back to work. But, um, yeah, I was just like day jobbing it and then I doing love the it. Mic and so, and then you, at the same time, do you, are you trying to like pursue more writing work? Um, no, it was, I've always been very complacent with wherever I was in comedy because my expectations for it were so low. It's like, as long as I get to do it, I like, I never had, I was still writing to the point where I had new jokes every week. So I was just running Mm -hmm. stuff, you know, I was, didn't have, I want more. You know what I mean? I, nothing yeah. was ever going at a pace that I was ever frustrated with. And then when I came here, I basically 
wasn't making enough money at the ad agency that I was at. It was just small. And so what I was mm-hmm. making off commission, I couldn't live off of. And all the other jobs in Jacksonville were kind of super boring. So yeah. I kind of was like, all right, yeah. I got to move. So it was like here, New York or Atlanta. Those were like the mm-hmm. three cities I was looking in that I wanted to move. And I had a friend who had actually moved out here and was working for Tyra Banks at her beauty oh, company yeah. uh-huh. and was like, Hey, we need a social media person. And then like a bunch of other stuff had happened. I was in a relationship at the time, broke up with that person, started living by myself um, mm-hmm. and dated someone who was like super gnarly unsafe. And then my friend was like, Hey, we still need a social media person. And I was like, <laughs> I literally need to change my address. Like, let's go. And oh my so, God. And so like, I moved to LA and you're like, I will work for Tyra to get away from this. Person. <laughs> and so, and so even when I got that job, everyone was like, Oh, are you moving up for stand up? Are you moving up for stand up? And I was like, I needed a job, dude. Like I lucked out yeah, on where you're like, the job I need, was. It was either this or the witness protection. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it was, that's where I was going to start wearing lace fronts all the time. So yeah, I'm out of here. I'm kidding. It wasn't that bad, but it was not fun. Um, That's funny. But yeah, so uh, yeah, so it just kind of worked out with, I'd been doing stand up like a year when that happened Uh and then moved out here and just was like, oh my gosh, there's so many more mics. It was just like, just the idea of being able to Mm -hmm. get up at as many mics as you can still it makes me happy here like yeah, yesterday i was absolutely. like oh i have stuff this week i don't have any shows i can just like go to which has always been my thing if i don't have shows mics are my shows and if i have shows then totally. stronger shows are you know whatever and other shows i'll be mm-hmm. like and hey, my friends are here i can try some new stuff it's like yeah. whatever tier i'm at i'm cool with it's whatever dude i feel the same <laughs> way i think i think that there's like this really unnecessary like snobbery with some people when they start getting booked on shows are like, Oh, I don't do mics anymore. And I'm like, Oh, you don't work on your set anymore. I, I mean, like, not that when you're doing a show, you're not working, but it's also like, like you said, I think I have one spot this week so far. And I'm like, okay, well, if I send out avails and I don't get anything, I'm going to do mics the rest of the week because yeah. I fucking have shit I'm working on. Yeah. You, know? you still have stuff you need to say out loud. And it's like, even yeah. when people are like, and I understand and I think that even they kind of feed into each other in terms of mm-hmm. being like, oh, I got to hit it. I got to go to three mics a night. But it's like, you're, like, that's all, mental. <laughs> but you're all basically just bar hopping in misery, yeah. like going yeah. to the same different place, meeting the same uh-huh. people at a different location where like they took longer to park than you did. So you're each a yeah. click grouchier running the same jokes. Like, why wouldn't you just do one and be done with it or go somewhere where people don't know you? So it isn't yeah. like, oh, these are just comics. It's like comics are still people. If yeah. you can make them laugh, you'll make reg- like regular people that aren't comics probably laugh even harder. It's not like yeah. their brains are incapable of computing whether or not laughter yeah. should be a response. Yeah. Like you can still say <laughs> Like, it's still worth it. Like, yeah. yeah, it's not like they're German. Come on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, I, it's like any anything you can do to get the work done is important. Yeah. Still. You're right. Um, did you find it overwhelming when you got here? And it was like, I mean, I assume in Jacksonville or like smaller towns in yeah. small or smaller cities in Florida, like you get up, there's probably 20 other people. And then yeah. you come here and there's a lot of like. 300 people trying to get up at the comedy store and you're like, 
Okay. When well. I, <laughs> yeah, when I first got here, I was luckily excited by it because uh-huh. I didn't go to the store right away. I didn't go uh-huh. to Potluck till mm-hmm. I had, because I didn't have a car right away. I kind of had to mm-hmm. wait for all of my stuff to get here. So yeah. I only, which again, this is the thing, is I don't mm-hmm. overwhelm myself by just playing the long game by accident. So I would go to Westside <laughs> Comedy Theater mm-hmm. every Tuesday put my name in the bucket and for three months didn't get called like no yes so Gorbos Chris Gorbos <laughs> shout out because shout he, out Chris he's just, the best no just because this what became our thing is I would put my name in sit down wait for uh, Felicia to call the names he would be like uh-huh. did you get up and I go nope and I would buy a Heineken drink a Heineken listen to like half of it and then go home and oh I did goodness. that for no joke at least a month and a half to through like a oh while. My gosh. And Gore and finally one day Chris was like, You're gonna bite the bullet next week. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And that was like one of the first times I got up here. And then once my car got here, yeah. I started being like, Oh, I can like drive around and then I still had to not even people. People are cool. Mm-hmm. Like gnarly ass mics. I didn't care about any of that. Yeah. I would, however, drive to a location, not be able to park, have a panic attack, and be like, it's fine, and just drive back home. <laughs> I've uh, I've not only done that for mics, I've done that to friends, where they're like, meet <laughs> oh. at this place, and I circle for 30 minutes, and I'm like, okay, I'm leaving. Oh, I straight up hung out with my friend in my car in Koreatown, because I was like, I can't park, and I do want to <laughs> hang out with you. So if you want to just- Koreatown is unbelievable. Literally, if you want to come down and hang out with me with my hazards on, we can do that, there's literally nowhere for me to put my car. Uh, yeah, so, but I did so insane. that stressed me out. But people mm-hmm. didn't ever stress me out once I kind of inched my way into it here. It was just kind of, and I also, like I said, still, I would go to Pollock, which is the biggest one, but I would go to like mm-hmm. the Lexington. I went to the Lexington, which is where oh, yeah. I met another one of my best friends, Aston Wallace, who ran a mic there. And I went there yeah. and, uh, and then I went again and him and Ashley, his, uh, his friend that he runs it with were like, Hey, uh, do you know anybody else here? Like, you know, do you just remember? I was like, oh yeah, I'm new. Mm-hmm. I've been here like a couple months. And he was like, oh, because you're the only girl that's ever come to this mic and come back. So if you could get other women <laughs> to come is- to this mic, that would be great. Like they were like, do yeah, you know? It is a uniquely rough. I mean, that area of town is spooky. That I you know. It's fine. That's the thing is everyone's like, oh my God, like, I love the Lexington. It's like, if you don't think I'm literally friends with the lady that lives next to where I would park and like give her a granola bar every Sunday, yeah. you gotta be <laughs> fucked up. Like, I don't understand what everyone's problem is. It's great. Yeah, I've definitely, I've run a ton of sets there, but I'm also like, <laughs> it is, it's you know, unique. <laughs> but that's where I was going and being like yeah there's so many Mm -hmm. LA mics and then once I worked my way up to people being like oh go to Paula because also having my day job so I had to get a different day job to be able to like tell everyone in Tyra okay I'm leaving and a haul ass to make it right at time to sign up for potluck like I was always right on the wire for a lot of you're telling Tyra personally you're like hey girl (laughs) no um but (laughs) she did I think at some point knew I did stand up but no it was the person underneath her uh that made me cry all the time but it was cool (laughs) of course that's always what happens it's always that is always what happens I'm not gonna launch into a huge story but uh yeah (laughs) wait so so where did you when how long did you work there doing social media uh like a year and a little bit 
And that and was you're just like, I'm out. I need something more flexible. No, it was so funny because it was kind of that um, I knew personally I wasn't going to be able to do some of the things that were expected of me. Um, sure, yeah. Whether it be like the timeline of it or whatever it was, I kind of remember being in the hotel room. I got, I gave myself five days, mm-hmm. like put down five days in a hotel to give myself to find an apartment. And I remember coming home from like my first or second day of work there. Cause I started working remote and uh-huh. then came here. And I remember coming back to the hotel and being like, I'm going to lose that job and be stuck. Like I'm going to get fired and not uh-huh. have any way to su- support everything I'm trying to build right now. Like yeah. I immediately started looking for jobs in terms of, Mm-hmm. what it was like there uh and then uh still stayed there a year and a half and then left yeah so that's cool. I mean that's so good on you because like <laughs> I feel like every day job I've had I'm like well I'm fucking terrible at this and I hate it and I don't want to be here um and I'm just going to keep doing it until something else comes along <laughs> oh and that's the thing is I didn't even hate the work I didn't hate anything about it there mm-hmm. were just like stress levels that I knew were not gonna sustain like I was like this yeah. cannot continue yeah. and I did have a full-on panic attack and then call in sick and quit so it worked out oh no I mean that works and at it's least okay. I didn't start stand-up like no. you know honestly that could have been the <laughs> that would have been the gnarliest part of any of this and she was like great like anytime she was there was awesome so i was I really it. happy that that happened even resume wise for like even i my first job was in retail i'm gonna mm-hmm. that's the thing is i there are parts of corporate america that i don't totally mind navigating it's just like yeah whatever yeah. i'll do it dude but it was like i worked in women's retail which i love because i love clothes i write about clothes all day right. are you kidding me i was like uh-huh. photographing clothes doing product descriptions doing marketing floor sets talking to buyers doing because i would also uh i was a fit model which oh. is just when you're oh. small like a regular person is not like a model so it's like they yeah. take <laughs> pictures of them on a model and then they're like what will it look like on a regular small person uh-huh. and i used to do that with people and just like uh, I love that whole job, but getting uh-huh. from crossover to beauty was really hard. So shout oh. out to her, Tyra, for giving me an opportunity to get over into beauty. Because once I did that, it was way easier to get a lot of other writing jobs here. And uh, that awesome. were, so was, like you said, more flexible. Or you Was know, your next job more writing focused It was still, I did social media forever. And it was hard also to go from social media mm-hmm. as an advertising person to a full-on copywriter. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, ghostwriting for like public figures and all that helped a lot Uh too. So that's great. So at this point, I mean, I assume as soon as you get to LA, you're like, oh, I'm going to stand up is going to be a career one day. I mean, I still am very realistic about what I was like. I still (laughs) get to tell jokes because you know, and you get paid more than I do. It's like, I knew how far away I was from even getting drink tickets so no, I did not get here and be like, yeah, I'm going to start living off comedy. No, hell no. See, I feel like that's so funny. It's so funny that like you're at the same time, like this business person who like is renting out jewelry that you're making. But then at the same time, you're like, well, this, 
might not be a career or anytime soon because I feel like I part of my brain is I'm so fucking delusional and optimistic <laughs> that I'm like, all right, so pretty much any day now somebody's gonna call me and say they want to buy my show and I'm gonna no, make no, I'm know, constantly grand. Yeah. I'm constantly supplementing because I trust no one. In terms of I want to be able to, like, even in terms of my day job is I Uh work hard enough that I can do comedy and not Mm -hmm. put pressure on comedy to earn. Because that's why I'm not bitter. It doesn't owe me anything. All this shit has been free the whole time. I have no expectations for anyone to pay me to talk for 10 minutes. (laughs) Um, Regardless of whether or not they should or shouldn't. Yeah, not that's great it's that it right. doesn't make you bitter. Yeah. It's I mean, like, yeah, it is what it is, dude. I <laughs> work until a certain time so I can smoke weed and tell jokes as much as I want. <laughs> that's like, that's the best philosophy. And I love that. It's like, that sounds so freeing and so stre- stressless because I'm, I'm constantly like, the opposite of that like well how do I make this turn into the next thing and then the next thing and I'm just like so and um, it's like you know what constant future tripping I'm gonna play your bullshit capitalist game I'm gonna do (laughs) my shit but I'm also not going to force my art to be put into that peg because it's like I don't do anything comedically for money. If I wouldn't do it for free, I wouldn't do it at all. You know what I mean? It's like, I like the idea of like me shooting a special and be like, oh yeah, I get paid for that. I totally forgot. I literally forgot. (laughs) Like, I don't care because I was just (laughs) worried about, I'm happy that it turned out the way I wanted to and something that I worked that hard on, like that I never really imagined being able to create something of that magnitude and be able to share it with people i just like oh okay and i get paid okay cool like i'm like so surprised you got uh, i mean you got to be careful though because people are going to take advantage of you then i mean i don't know i not know to, like, no and like, that's a weird the thing advice is, thing but people will be like she doesn't expect pay let's not pay her well that's the thing that i think <laughs> will be in my favor for other people that help me is because they know i don't care and so they go even more to like you're gonna get this and i'm like oh, okay cool because you know i don't care and they're like yeah we know <laughs> it's like i don't care dude like if i get yeah. to tell jokes i'm golden i took care of everything yeah. else so that i could be here not stressed about how you know what I mean yeah absolutely I I think that's such a great attitude I need to relax a little more myself um so you're you recently shot a special with comedy dynamics at the Tribeca Film Festival which is the dopest shit how did that come about um I uh was talking like a while ago I did oh I did a another taping a smaller taping um for something called everything is fine that Mm -hmm. I think you can still get on Spotify I shot that with seed and spark and it's like there's audio and video and there's little 15 minute videos that you can still like log on to seed and spark and watch and it's Uh like this episode of me actually me and Felicia it's like a watered down version of how me and Felicia became best friends and it's pretty funny um but then the audio I think they got a hold of at some point at comedy Comedy dynamics Dynamics. yes Uh so after like it had been out for a while and I think that they maybe liked me off of that And so Uh I had been talking to them for a while about doing something and just waiting until I was ready for it. Mm -hmm. And I had a personal goal of trying to get a half hour done 
this year somehow. Uh I didn't know if I was going to do it on my own. I didn't know when, whatever. And then this came up and I was just like, I just feel really good about this. I'll do this. And once I wrote everything out and arranged Mm -hmm. everything and felt good about like the time that I needed to have, I was like, oh yeah, I'll do this. And it just, yeah, yeah, it worked out. That's awesome. Wait, so what's the everything is fine? Everything is fine was a special that I did with Seed and Spark. Um, mm-hmm. which is a local awesome company run by Emily Best. I love her so much. Um, and I love all these shout outs. So. I know. I'm sorry. It's like everything I do, even when I take, I did, I ran my hour here before I went uh-huh. to New York and I would interrupt random jokes and be like, Oh, that's so-and-so. Oh, that's so-and-so. And I was like, sorry, all you guys are in all of yeah. these jokes, but it's all just like people around me. But yeah. um, she's awesome. And just because mm-hmm. I, that was the, I wrote them when like a lot of the, like the director mm-hmm. of that Zan, who's also amazing, like wrote under this. Uh-huh. And I was like, the old, like, you're the reason I'm not afraid to do this because that was yeah. the first time that I did something of that magnitude where we did a taping and they interviewed me and then I did 15 minutes yeah. and I think they cut it down to 12 and it's me and uh, five other female comics. It's like, Amelia Harris, uh, Leah, like there's, uh, there's a bunch of, uh, there's a bunch of comics on there. It's so good. Uh, and so we did that like two or three years ago and that Uh was even random. That was like, Hey, we need somebody canceled. Like we need a comic for this taping that we're doing. And like the week they did it, I was like, sure, I'll do it. And then it ended up being this thing. And I was like, Oh wow, this is cool. And I feel like that's so much of the industry is like just being open to stuff or being like, yeah, sure. I'll do that. Cause you never know where this shit is going to lead. I had a, one time I showed up to a show and a comic, <laughs> oh, I love so much. Mike Menendez, he's in Miami right now. I hope he comes back soon. But he, mm-hmm. I walked in the door and he laughed and clapped and he goes, I knew it. And I went, what? And he goes, every time somebody drops a show, you show up. <laughs> I'm like a Roomba, man. Like, that's, you know, you're always on shows. I was like, I'm on shows because people know that they can message me, like, noon that day and I'll show up on time. Like, it wasn't that I was, like, getting books selected. That was just reliable. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's that's so much of it, too, because I think that people forget, like, that is a good business, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. even though, like, yes, it's creative stuff, but I think so many comics are, like, I think the missing that part. Yeah, they're like unreliable or psychotic or whatever, and you're like, you very can't just wild out on people, <laughs> or just very bare minimum stuff that, like you said, even if you want to talk as much shit as you want to about a day job, but it's like yeah. I know how to answer an email. Yeah, I know how to like. Really. There are very things that I think are like I'm on autopilot about that take some comments half a day to do, and it's like I know how to do, I know how to write. You know what I mean? Like there are writers, like there are people that write but can't write two lines of an email without without putting fuck in it, and that's a problem. Like yeah, yeah. So. Or they send an email and it's crazy. It's it, it's so funny too because I feel like I don't. It feels so inherent, I guess. Yes, right, but it's not to people. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, in the last, I guess, year, I started teaching this class, this, like, late-night packet writing class, and I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, it's surprising to me, like, just some of the things that I think, like, well, everybody knows this, but Mm -hmm. I'll just say it anyway, and then people are like, oh, really? Go back and say that again, whatever, and you're like, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like, when you're, like, don't be a creep. I, I don't know. Like, it's just, 
I, I mean, like, I, I'm guessing that makes you like really grateful for the advertising experience and all of yeah. that copywriting and everything, because for it's sure. like, not that you would have been lost otherwise, but it certainly oh, sharpens no. those skills. But it's like, yeah, I wrote press releases for other people. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah I definitely have at least a little bit. And even being with Tyra and going to like a couple events with her and doing yeah. like the social media stuff, but just like seeing how all those people move and all this stuff. And even when I was doing retail, like clothing, we mm -hmm. did the photo shoots as a marketing mm -hmm. team. So it's like, I'll see my, like, <laughs> sometimes I'll be like, Oh my gosh, I know that girl. And it's a model, yeah. but it'll be like, Oh, I just buckled her shoes. Like I don't actually know. Her. Like, <laughs> but <laughs> And you're not like one of those lunatics that like thinks you know the person. My nose keeps running. Not no, that, on, that thing. But um, <laughs> like uh, such bad allergies right now. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> no. One time, did uh, one of them did like I saw her in the gallery, not the gallery. What's the pretty one? The Grove. Oh yeah. I was walking around the Grove looking at shoes with my mom, and I was like, Oh my god, hey! She was like, Hey, girl! And I was like, Oh, I can't believe she remembered me. Yeah, <laughs> I but also. She could have just been like, hey, and then like. Oh, my God, you're so right. She didn't know who I was at all. Not to no, like I'm say joking. she didn't remember you. No, I'm joking. No, we are Instagram friends, so I know that she actually oh, okay. didn't know who I was. Um, so the comedy, like after you did the everything, uh, the 15-minute the special. Yeah. Comedy Dynamics just like heard it randomly and Because and I think you? they were like um, just looking for com this was like a couple years ago so i feel like they uh -huh. were just kind of looking for a bunch of comedy uh -huh. audio and came across it um uh -huh. and then i just started talking to people there that i just like never lost contact with yeah and then when this came up uh he was like hey do you want to do this and i was like yeah and it's so funny because after i got off stage from the taping and met him for the first time i was like oh hi like we've been emailing for three years hello like i've never met that's you in so real great. life yeah I, that's crazy that it was like a seed that was planted two years yeah, ago i was t i remember talking to him on my lunch break at uh my job when i had just gotten the job that i got laid off from this year so i worked mm -hmm. there two years so yeah it was like uh -huh. two and a half years ago i was talking to him on my lunch break in this like between these like giant towers in El Segundo being like, yeah, I don't think I'm really ready for that. And I don't want to uh -huh. do it. And it sucks. So like, I'm just going to wait. And like, that's yeah. so big of you though, because it, it, I feel like so many comics will get an opportunity. They're not ready for, I'm not trying to call anyone out specifically, but, no. uh, and I, I think that the, a lot, so many people operate out of this place of fear. Like, well, if I don't do this now, I yes. can never do it. Yeah. And so then they take the opportunity and they yep. eat shit. And then. Yep. And I feel. And then what? I feel that way about um, also shows individually. Because mm -hmm. I will, I used to feel really, really bad sometimes about saying like, oh, I can't do this show and think that person's never going to ask me to do a show again. Yeah. And even in terms of having experience from day jobs and stuff and being like, oh, sorry, I can't make that date. But like, please let me know if you already have dates for next month or whatever it is where they yeah. know I actually want to do it. Like I'm not blowing you off, but yeah. I don't burn myself out on shows. If I have... Yeah two shows in a row and somebody asked me to do a show on the third night, I'm not so afraid that they're not going to have another day for me that I won't be yeah, like, I totally. can't do that because I'm not going to be good if I know. Yeah. And now my day job is a lot different, but if I was like, I'm going to be burnt out and not funny, yeah. I'm not going to do it. I'd rather wait yeah. 
to do it on a night where I'm amped to like do my best and not feel this pressure of like every time someone asks you to do something, you have to do it. Like, I do feel like that's such a mental illness that permeates the comedy scene where people are like, you just gotta keep grinding. And I'm like, or you could take a a fucking nap, dude. Oh my yeah. gosh. Spend a minute with your family. Do literally You have to go live else. life. Cause then otherwise all your jokes just end up being about being here. And the, <laughs> what, yeah. what are you even doing? Yeah. <laughs> truly. Um so with the uh the the, the wow, I don't speak English anymore. The <laughs> opportunity for the special at the Tribeca Film Fest, like that just popped up this year. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's so, it's it's so cool to see like that that was a seed that was planted years ago and then everything just happened so fast all yep. at once. And it was kind of like me kind of emailing back and forth and not knowing when it was going to be official and kind uh-huh. of working on things on my end and being like, I'm just going to work like it's going to be real. And if it's not, yeah. worst case scenario, I'll have this really fun hour at junior high, which by the way was fucking sick. Even just the idea of having an hour be that much fun was just yeah. like all on its I love own that amazing. So much. Did you, like, how did you prepare for that? Did you do an hour, like, all over the place, or was it just a two-hour? So I did 45 minutes at the beginning of the pandemic over Uh Zoom, and it was awful. Like, just, (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah. The heaviest, like, God bless whoever sat through that. I think my friend from literally kindergarten sat through it with her ex-husband. Like, God bless her. Um, (laughs) It was the, it was not good. Is that why they got divorced? Hopefully, I was not a catalyst. (laughs) Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. um I'm so sorry I love her uh but yeah I uh, I did that and then just did a bunch of uh so shows online the past year and a half so I had enough material that was new and I had run mm-hmm. that wasn't that was real wasn't just like so I'm in my apartment I had like actual stuff kind of also yeah, absolutely. that I could add into stuff that I hadn't gotten to say in forever and so I was just kind of Putting all this stuff together, knowing that junior high at least was real and set up that date on my own was just like, oh, I have to set up a date to say this out loud at some point. So set that up. Yeah. And then was like, that's going to be like my <laughs> last big run before. Um, Did that feel like so much pressure when you got to New York and you're like, all right, well, I ran this once. No, I felt a lot of pressure before junior high. Once really? I did it at junior high, I was like, oh, I did that because I did that and left stuff out. So I knew. Got it. Okay. I, and also I'm audio, like learning wise, I'm audio. So once I had the mm-hmm. audio of me doing junior high, I just listened to it nonstop just to so make great. sure I did everything in the order that I wanted it to. And yeah. that helped me a lot. Yeah. That's awesome. What was um, the experience like shooting the special? Really fun. I mean, like, I mean, yeah. I don't know if it's cause I did dance stuff before, but people could be like, what was it like? And I was like, it was like, well, you would imagine something would be like, it was like you run things before you do a sound check and then you go and, and like, if anything, it was exciting to see so many people that I knew there. I was expecting to see a bunch of strangers there. Yeah. Um, and then like a bunch of my friends came, like comics That's that awesome. have left LA and just moved to New York since then were uh-huh. there. Um, my uh, high school date to prom came like, <laughs> it was Wait, a good from, time. From Florida? 
Like no, he lives. He lives in New York, and we've okay. been friends all the time. And he was I'm like, like, hold on, he was like, second. oh, I'm definitely coming to your show. I was like, okay, it was funny. So yeah, it was great. That's so awesome. And do you have? I mean, you were saying before we started recording, you don't know when it'll be out. Do you yeah. know if they're cutting it down or what? Like, do you have um, any control over that kind of stuff? I do get to like hear it and say like there are things that I already personally want to talk to them about not like a lot but one thing that I'm like oh yeah I want to edit this and fix this because I want to do a different version of that later just like stuff in my head that I uh want but I think uh yeah I should get to talk to them about like cuts and editing it down because I did more than was needed knowing that yeah so even the way I felt when I had like 20 to 30 minutes left, I was like, oh yeah, I feel good about this. Like it'll be That's cool. great. I love that so much. Thanks. That's, and it was obviously, it was in front of a live audience. Yeah. So was that a studio? So um, yeah, it was at a studio in New York. They had like, I think a little over a hundred people. Um, nice. And they had some, I think that they definitely had some people that they brought in that were just like, want to come see a comedy show? Because there were like oh, yeah. multiple old black men asleep in the front row. Oh, no. Um, but whatever. <laughs> it was 1030. God bless them. Yeah. It was late. It was really late for a taping. No, but I did also realize, because this has happened at real shows, like I was at a show, I was at a contest in San mm. Diego and it happened with an old black lady where old black people will fall asleep in the front row of your show, but then laugh with their eyes closed. <laughs> so I was like, okay, they're kind of checked in. Like, yeah, they're like, I've been working all day. <laughs> just, this is, I'm doing my best. Stop resting your eyes at my show, mom. Like, that's yeah. what it feels like. It's like when you're trying to tell your mom a story. <laughs> that is so fucking funny. I I love it. So what what do you think is next for you? Then do you have plans for you know like how to? I mean, not to sound gross, but like yeah. how to capitalize on it or. No, what to I do mean, I feel like I ha- I know personally I should probably mm-hmm. put more stuff on my TikTok because <laughs> I don't have oh, yeah. I have like four things on there because I don't care and I can't figure out what format to put my clips in so that it will accept them. Yeah, um, who knows? But that's something that just in the back of my head I was like, oh, I should probably build that up before anything yeah. launches. But then I was like, and hey, they'll give me stuff maybe and I can put that on there. But I would, I yeah. want to put like my other, because I have even clips from the Seed and Spark mm-hmm. one that my aunt, when I went to go yeah. visit her, she was like reciting all these jokes. And I was like, what? And they were on YouTube from the Seed and Spark special. I was like, oh God. So yeah, <laughs> I know that there are certain things that like maybe I would want to do, but nah, I'm kind of trying to lay low until yeah. I know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then maybe do like a couple because also I'm a I'm a I like being home I don't love being gone for like months at a time so I'll do like some long weekends that I'd be happy doing that and chill and see what happens and just keep like writing I'm really having a really good time writing and like learning new ways to write and that kind of thing are your parents pretty supportive of comedy yeah, well, like, I feel like they've always been, they're hyper, it's so funny, they're a perfect balance because mm-hmm. my mom is the hyper practical one that is always like, you have to have a day job, I love all of your creative things, but like, that doesn't pay bills, and uh-huh. my dad is like, literally, you can do anything, I'll be your manager, like my dad, like, <laughs> 
Well, I mean, he was the one renting your jewelry. So. Yes, that's true. He all he is like he is a almost borderline delusional level of supportive sometimes. But yeah, it's really funny where I love he, that so like much. anytime he comes to a show, he normally ends it by going, Well, yeah, cause you good. And I'm like, Thanks, Dad. Like he'll be like, Yeah, cause you was funny. Or he always is just like, the people were laughing. Like they always just observe yeah. whatever is happening in the room as uh-huh. a judge of whether or not I'm good or not. <laughs> so I love that. So cute. And so right. my dad comes to more shows yeah. because my uh-huh. mom is just like, it's late and I'm tired. But my yeah. da- my dad, she's like, I'll be there, but I will have my eyes closed. My, yes. Oh, absolutely. My dad <laughs> will come to shows. My dad, my mom, dad did come to like one of like the biggest shows I had in Jacksonville, like the first uh-huh. year I did comedy. Um, but my dad will come to like bar shows and get drink tickets before me. Like open oh micers. so sweet. <laughs> open micers in Jacksonville love Kenny Davis. And also a lot of my jokes are still about him, but especially when I started, were just like uh-huh. so based in just like how ridiculous he is that yeah, people love him. Like I love that so much. I mean, neither of my parents have ever been to a show of mine. What? And yeah, and they'll be at the first one in October. And Yay! I'm like excited but I'm also nervous because I'm like they're not I don't I think my, they're not the most supportive <laughs> no I don't think my dad is totally checked into what I'm saying that's what I mean I think that if he yeah. I think he would have more questions if he were fully listening he's like look at everyone enjoying my daughter that's more what he's he, just excited yes because I like do running jokes joy. yeah because like I have a joke about how we're exactly alike and so I feel like he would be amazing at sucking dick but he'll never know it <laughs> like he should not like that joke but i did that joke in front of him and i was like dad are you okay with that last joke and he goes they loved it like i don't think that he heard it's right he what was happening in the joke into what they're doing yes yeah. so i was like okay whatever dude but <laughs> that's so funny god what i'm so envious of that because my family is like you said this thing and actually it's this and I'm like I yeah there's exaggeration in comedy guys everybody relax well I like was in tears because my (laughs) grandma saw my stand-up because she like doesn't have the internet or anything and so she saw it on my phone for the first time Mm -hmm. this like over fourth of July weekend and I was like oh my gosh she's never heard me like joke about my grandpa passing away or like any of that stuff and I was like grandma are you okay like I mentioned you in the beginning of that joke she was like huh and I explained the whole joke to her that she just listened to. And she kind of like giggled and looked at me like she kind of understood what I was saying. She said, Trina got them people screaming. Like they don't care. They only right. care about oh, the end God, result. That. So that is yeah. the sweetest thing. But I was very nervous about that. Yeah. Like we'll see. But I think I'll be okay for the most part. Yeah. Like <laughs> That's so great. Um, I One last question. What, like if your childhood self, like, 11 year old Katrina could see you and meet you like what do you think she would think I mean I think about that all the time just because like I said my expectations have always been so low so it's like I even as an only child just wanted to live by myself (laughs) when I get me the fuck I used to okay I'm no no joke I had a recurring dream because also I told you I love houses so uh-huh. I used to yes. make floor plans. I was obsessed with floor plans. I used to this make is, them. I do. I do this. This is how I put myself to sleep. I like imagine a. Floor I used plan. to make them to scale. I have grid paper everywhere. I, oh it's my like god, a I love this. So like 
I used to have a recurring dream that it was my my perfect open floor plan that I dreamed and it was me standing and like there were three steps going down into this great room and it was me and a golden retriever. That's the only thing I've ever dreamed of living with. And that this was is, like when I was little. Yeah. So it wasn't that yeah. I was like imposing any kind of like, I don't need no man. I was a child and yeah. I was like, it's going to be me and a dog. So I'm like... The fa- I will wake up and be like, the fact that I can afford to live in an apartment by myself is like, yeah, I would already be happy. So yeah. like doing that special was kind of a level of accomplishment that I never really anticipated for myself. So I love that. I also love that you could have a dog and do not. No, I have a cat. Because also that's something I learned about myself as an adult is I'm uh-huh. better. I love dogs, but I'm a better owner of a cat. Yeah. Because I'm never here and he minds his business. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, and a dog certainly does not mind Oh, my God. That, they need to go outside all the time. Like, I can't. I'm selfish. <laughs> I can't. It's no. They're I love too it. Much um, well, uh, anything else, like, that you have on the horizon that you're excited about? Let me see. Um, like I said, I have, like, some stuff coming up that I'll post about whenever I'm mm-hmm. allowed to. But, yeah, I just, like... I've gotten to, like you said, even about things just randomly coming up, I feel like living in LA and the all the different expectations that people can have and stuff, it's like, if you just keep sticking with the people that you feel in your gut you fuck with for whatever reason, uh-huh. whether it's, this person's super weird and I always think they're funny, even if it's yeah. like... Will I've sat in a room with this person and watched them bomb their fucking dick off, but I yeah. love them all the time, and uh-huh. you always book those friends and come to their shows and support them. Like uh-huh. I feel like now I'm getting to just a timeline in LA where my friends that work hard and are funny are being found, even if it is a yeah. small niche, even if it's not Netflix. Oh, it's like they're getting on their stuff, so... I'm doing stuff with my friends that is fun, but now like people are giving them money to make the stuff that they want. <laughs> yeah. And it's not just us doing it for free. It's like the, again, yeah. the same thing I would have done a year and a half ago for free. And now I have to side, like do a W9 for it or whatever the fuck. It's the yeah. same thing. So it. it's kind of nice to just, uh, if you can find, something that you can do that this world will pay you for enough to support yourself enough to not put the pressure on what you love Mm -hmm. to also be what supports you. I think that really frees up your ability to discern what you do and don't love about it. Yeah. Because because you can only do what you want to do and it doesn't matter. So I don't know. I guess that's a thing. I love that. I think that's great. Um, I'll wrap up on that. Thank you so much, Katrina. It's so good to see you. And you know, if anybody's in LA and listening to this, you have, I know you have some shows coming up and they should look at your website. Yeah, I did. I did just update. Thank you. I did just update my website and Katrina Savad, which is just Davis backwards. S I B A D. But it's my website, my Instagram, everything's the same. And I did just update my website. So there's a bunch of shows on there for the next, like, however many months, like, the month and a half or whatever that's coming. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. (laughs) 
so much for listening. Once again, that was Katrina Davis. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Katrina Savad. It's uh, Katrina and then Davis spelled backwards. And I'm Lisa Curry. You can find me on Twitter at Lisa underscore Curry and on Instagram at Olympian Lisa Curry. If you're enjoying the show, like, subscribe, tell a friend. You know the deal. Also, I've got a lot of cool shows coming up all over the U.S. and outside of the U.S. So hop on over to LisaCurry.net to check out those dates. And we'll catch you next week. Bye.